This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, June 11th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning, I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Sustainability leader pushed for EPA role. Stabenow eyes finish line on funding. Bill aims to tighten market enforcement and Biden and Ty pushed to address trade. Snyder is backed for EPA Ag Advisor. Leading farm groups are supporting field-to-market president Rod Snyder to become EPA's agriculture advisor. Field-to-market has played a leading role in developing and promoting sustainability metrics and organizes a popular annual conference. Snyder is uniquely qualified for this role based on his nearly two decades of working at the intersection of agriculture and environmental issues. Over the years, he has gained the respect and confidence of stakeholders ranging from farmers and environmental NGOs and would be an asset to EPA as you oversee key agriculture policy within the agency. The Ag Group say in a letter prepared for EPA Administrator Michael Reed. A copy of that letter was obtained by AgriPulse. Snyder previously held policy positions with the National Corn Growers Association and government CropLife America. Stabenow, very strong ag support for climate funding. It's still far from clear how and when Congress is going to move an infrastructure bill and whether it's going to be bipartisan or not. But Senate Agriculture Committee Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow says she's working toward getting a substantial increase in funding for conservation as well as agriculture research included. Stabenow has indicated that she's seeking $50 billion in conservation spending and this week farm groups call for $40 billion in new research funding. We would love to see additional investment in agriculture research, which has really been weakened in the last number of years, as well as other support for local communities, including rural broadband, Stabenow told reporters yesterday. She added, we have very, very strong support from agriculture and the forestry community to move forward on investments and in conservation that allow them to go to the next step in meeting the climate crisis. Now, keep in mind, a bipartisan group of senators said yesterday they reached a tentative agreement on the framework of an infrastructure package, but Republicans stressed that the details were still fluid. By the way, Janie Sims-Hip's nomination as USDA General Counsel is ready for a final Senate vote. The Ag Committee approved Hip by a voice vote yesterday. Bill would set up competition office. The Agriculture Committee is preparing to hold a hearing, perhaps yet this month, on cattle marketing pricing, and lawmakers continue to try to keep the heat on meat packers. Today, Senator John Tester is announcing a bill that would amend the Packers and Stockyards Act to establish a USDA Office of the Special Investigator for Competition Matters. Senator Mike Rounds, a South Dakota Republican, and Chuck Grassley, an Iowa Republican, also are sponsors of the measure. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Located in Washington, D.C., Watkinson Miller has been providing legal services to the agriculture industry for more than 30 years. The attorneys at Watkinson Miller possess a unique combination of knowledge, skills, and experience working with commodity boards and their partner organizations 
and the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Watkinson Miller is proud to serve the agriculture community by delivering top quality legal services that achieve cost-effective results. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Groups ask Biden to end Trump's 232 tariffs. President Joe Biden and U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai will be in Brussels next week. More than 30 U.S. industry groups representing diverse members are hoping the president will use the summit there to bring an end to Section 232 tariffs on imported steel and aluminum. The tariffs, initiated by the Trump administration, continue to invoke retaliatory measures from the European Union, China, and elsewhere. Our members rely on the movement of their goods and inputs without constant government intervention that causes delivery delays and arbitrary price spikes, the 33 group said in a letter to President Biden. We encourage you to work with our national security and trade allies during your meetings in Europe in the coming weeks to lift the Section 232 steel and aluminum tariffs. The groups on the letter include Pet Food Institute, U.S. Apple Association, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, North American Association of Food Equipment Manufacturers, and National Council of Farmer Cooperatives. Now take note, one group that did not join the letter but also pleading for an end to the 232 tariffs is the National Pork Producers Council. China still hasn't lifted its 232 retaliatory tariffs on U.S. pork despite the Phase 1 trade pact, and that's slowing down U.S. exports, says NPPC President Jen Sorensen. China continues to struggle with African swine fever, and while U.S. pork exports to China have increased, these tariffs put the U.S. pork industry at a serious disadvantage as China seeks a reliable source of pork. By the way, ahead of the G7 summit that starts today in England, Biden and U.K. Prime Minister Boris Johnson issued a joint statement covering a range of the issues. The statement mentions trade policy, mostly in passing, committing only to settle the commercial aircraft dispute. There was nothing about bilateral trade. The leaders said only that they would, quote, work closely to identify and pursue opportunities to deepen our already extensive trade relationship. U.S. beef exports remain strong going into June. U.S. beef exports hit a marketing year high for the week of May 28th to June 3rd. Shipments to China remain strong, according to the latest trade data out of the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. The U.S. shipped 21,100 metric tons of beef across the globe for the seven-day period. It's a 70 percent increase from the previous week. 4,600 tons of that total were sent to China. The data builds on a rosy trade report released earlier this week by the U.S. Meat Export Federation that showed the U.S. exported a record-breaking amount of beef to China in April. The U.S. shipped 17,233 tons, valued at $130.6 million to China in April. That's up 1,367 tons at $11.5 over April of last year. Crops remain in drop risk. Some 45% of the country is in moderate or worse drought. That according to the latest U.S. drought monitor. That's compared to 39% at the same time last year. According to USDA, about 35% of the U.S. corn crop, 31% of soybean acres are in regions experiencing drought. 
along with more than 80% of the sunflower, durum wheat, and spring wheat production area. Some 57% of alfalfa hay production, also in drought. Most of northern Iowa and southern Minnesota are now in a moderate drought with parts of northwest Iowa and South Dakota in a severe drought. North Dakota continues to experience extreme drought. Conditions are declining in Oregon, Idaho, and eastern Washington, while extreme and exceptional drought conditions are increasing in central and northern California, including the central coast. Market volatility expected ahead of June acreage report. Allendale broker Mike Lung says dry weather, as well as questions about Chinese export demand, will likely keep markets volatile between now and the release of the USDA's closely watched acreage report on June 30th. On China, Lung said while they've had a great start to it, we still have a long way to go to meet the Phase 1 trade commitments. Here's today's She Said It. I know there's bipartisan support to really take a deep dive into what's going on for farmers. That Senate Ag Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow of Michigan on the need for a hearing on cattle market concerns. She said there are serious weaknesses in the supply chain. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, June 11th. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit agripulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.